Welcome to Question Block, Secret Loss, Educational, Historical, uh, Cinematic Podcast. This week we're talking about the history of horror films. I'm Alex Wires of NYC on Instagram. I'm dressed as Beetlejuice tonight. I have the classic black and white striped shirt. And Ariel, who are you? I'm Glampyra, the uh, the next iteration in the Vampyra, Morticia, Elvira canon. Oh, who was Vampyra? So Vampyra was based off of Morticia, who didn't have a name yet. Mm-hmm. She uh, Morticia was just a nameless comic by Charles Adams, and uh, an act. I forget the name of the actress, but. She dressed up as this cartoon character for Halloween and was cast to host a pulp movie cinema, like mystery science theater 3000 situation. She was like the crypt keeper, basically. Yes, exactly. She was the, the hot crypt keeper. Yeah. Yeah. So she developed the character Vampira. She was really good friends with James Dean. And when he died, people said that she like cursed him and uh, they took away her TV show. We can get into that when we get into it. We're going to do a yeah. whole sweeping history of the history of horror films. But uh, yeah, shout out to your your nod to the original. Anytime you see a, a vampy witchy woman, it probably is based on vampires characterization of like the Adams Family mom. Yeah. Um, including the Adams Family show and movies themselves were based off this other character who was a knockoff of the comic strip. Exactly. <laughs> interpretation of the comic strip. Uh, art is all, what is it, derivative? It's all derivative. It's but, uh, all terrifying. <laughs> but let's take it back to the beginning. Uh, and so we're going to go through the history of horror films. We're going to dig dig deep. We're going to cut deep on some of the like most impactful films because... While a lot of people are quick to dismiss horror films as not real art or like cheap thrills or not as deep as like a dramatic film, they rarely win like major awards. Uh, They've been hugely impactful in the history of cinema and have actually been like led a lot of major innovations in cinema. So let's get it started. What was the first horror film? So the first spooky thing on a screen was probably the dancing the Dancing Skeleton by the Lumiere brothers. This is in the 1800s, like the late 1800s, 18, like the 1890s. So this is the birth of film. This is like, yeah, it's like there's some I forget the story, but it's like one of the first photographs ever taken was porn. It was like within like a couple of weeks of like developing like modern photography techniques, like the assistant was shooting his girlfriend naked. And yes. so like. With horror films, it's like some of the first ever movies made were horror films. Yes. As soon as people figured out, yeah, they filmed the train coming at the screen and everybody freaked out and they're like, okay, let's make some spooky stuff. Well, that was spooky. Yeah. But there's there's the, that dancing skeleton the cartoon thing. Um, there is House of the Devil by George Miller. It's, it was like French. Or George Millier. Millier. Yeah. Uh, one of the... The, yeah, the forefathers of cinema. But a key thing that they figured out like very early on was that you could do cool camera tricks and like jump cuts. And because people weren't had never seen movies before, that was very striking. So whenever you read summaries of this stuff, they're like, you need to recall that like no one had even seen like a moving image projected before. 
And then they're watching skeletons dancing like in the dark and it blew people's minds. Yeah. So this is like, you know, sort of everyone was like feeling sort of goth, gothic. Uh, and so a lot of the themes were based on this on ghosts, the supernatural and the devil around this time. Then oh, it was Melier also loved the story of Faust. Oh, yeah. So like a man, that, that was another one of his films. He made like six different versions of like the story of Faust um, and like different parts of it and stuff. But yeah, one of his one of the like earliest like preserved films is a two and a half thing called like in the what is it? The House of the Devil or something where the devil like makes various creatures appear. <laughs> and it is just a man in a red That's what costume. happens when you go to yeah. the devil's house. He's just like, and now that's it. He, just goes, he goes like this. And then it's like obvious like you know film edit like jump cut and like a person appears and it's like oh <laughs> or like there's some other scene where he's like keeps pulling like little men out of these pots and just placing them and it's like clearly like a cut happens and it pulls the same guy out and he's just like overlaid the film and like for us this is all like super obvious you know with our George Melier get out of my dreams get out of my but, head uh, yeah, at the time, it's like no one had ever done this or even knew it was possible. So it was very cool. He was just inventing all this stuff on the fly. Or the idea that you could superimpose a painting over your film um, to oh, create just like, like Pixar. Yeah, <laughs> when you do the mask, like yeah, that's that's. Uh, I hope they're paying a debt to uh, Melier's estate. But yeah, oh. the birth of cinema and special effects is like right off the bat. They were like they didn't start with documentaries. They started with cool special effects. All right, so 1920, the original, this is like considered the original horror movie because the stuff before this is like, eh, right? Well, they were all shorts too. None of those were like feature films, right? Like so, the, the Melier stuff was like a couple minutes long. Okay, so German expressionism. Germans were like super depressed after World War One, and uh, they there actually wasn't allowed any foreign films. Like, so it was very like insular situation like all the germans were just like left alone with each other to like ponder like to have existential crises and stuff like, like nobody that. would import films to the germans no they had like a they wouldn't let anyone they germany wouldn't release any they wouldn't let any filmmakers in any like foreign filmmakers during world war one right after okay and during i guess and there was an embargo on all german films during obviously right. like during world war one so like the first German film that got released after World War One, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which is a very trippy, like all the films around this time were like the persistence of memory, like the Dolly painting. They're just like melting clocks and like, you know, shadowy, shadowy figures and whatnot. Expressionism. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, tell me about this movie. What's, what's the plot? Give me a quick synopsis of The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It's basically like the original Shutter Island. First, to describe the, the sort of scenery, it's like you were saying. There's a lot of like superimposed, or I think in their case, they just painted the sets and they made it look really bizarre, like a gothic horror nightmare of these like crazy painted, weird angular sets. Like the door is a big triangle. Like every roof or like lantern even is a, like at a weird angle with like dripping like curlicues coming off of it so everything is bizarre yeah most of the actors act in like i guess expressionist theater style 
which just means that they didn't have screen experience before. I, lo- I love that that's like on their resume. They're like, ah, oh, yes, I'm a I'm a thespian, but it's re- they've just like never been on film before. And then the it's intentionally like jerky or frenetic or like inhuman sort of movements, which seems very off putting to look at. Compared to like, you know, naturalistic acting where you act like a person, which I think is what we generally see today. Yeah, just like just like weird ass Germans like creeping around. There's a this guy and he's telling he's like, you want to hear a really creepy ass story? And he tells this story about Dr. Calgary, who he finds sub subnambulists, which are basically just like very sleepy people. And um, he makes them commit murders. Mm hmm. But then it turns out, the plot thickens, it turns out at the end that the guy, the protagonist, like the narrator, he's actually in the mental asylum of Dr. Calgary, and he might or might not be the next subnambulist. And he might have killed his friend. Yeah. Or not. Subnambulist. A sleepwalker, if you will. But... Not even a sleepwalker. Subnambulance literally means like just person who's always asleep. asleep. Yeah. yeah. They don't have to be walking. This is oh, a sleep okay. murderer. <laughs> I thought that was the ambulance. Weird, trippy movie to watch. It's neat that in like 1922, they were doing, uh, or whenever this came out, 1920. Yeah, they were doing twist endings. It basically was the original Sixth Sense. Where like, or, or any M. Night Shyamalan movie. Where there's uh, like a twist, an unrewarding <laughs> twist at the end that doesn't really make you reevaluate the movie. You're just like, oh, all right. Okay. Anyway, the, wait, so the reception, we'll say, though, is it, right? This is the first film exported from Germany uh, after World War One, And it's a, a like, pretty big success. It's not, like, wildly well-received, but, like, people do really like it. It influences a ton of other movies. It helps spread the, like, work of, like, German expressionism. And it's now seen as like the quintessential expressionist film. Okay, so we're gonna trick or treat this movie. <laughs> okay. Like basically, like trick means it's, it's bad, and yeah. treat means it's good. All right. I'm gonna go trip. I'm gonna say that this movie's trippy. Okay. <laughs> That's not one of the two options. I'm gonna say it's a treat, but okay. it's an old timey treat. It's like a Charleston chew. Oh. It's like a. It's That's like what a, we should rate it, the Halloween candy. Okay, so if this movie were Halloween a Halloween candy, candy what would it be? Okay. Um, it would be a Charleston Chew. It would be like an old-timey candy that's like, all right, but you're like, I guess people thought things tasted different and had different standards back when this came out. I think it would be one of those black and white like licorice candy things. Mm. Is that good or bad? What is a black and white licorice candy? Exactly. Thing? That's how you feel about the movie. Saying. You don't know if it's good. You don't know if it's bad. You don't really know what like it a is. I don't know if we actually specify this, right? The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is is a silent film. And so it's got mostly... That's one reason maybe the expressionist actors were acting so like... That's why they had such great expressions. Because like when they're surprised, like, Whoa! and they have to like really freak out. So you can tell without them having to talk. And there's like title cards to do exposition or whatever. Um, but so now we're going to basically like by the end of the twenties, you, there were talkies. We have Nosferatu, uh, Phantom of the Opera, the man who laughed, a horrifying movie. Nosferatu I think was also a silent film though. Yes. And then we have in the 1930s, there were, you know, there were all these like Gothic novels floating around, which, which we're going to talk about next week. 
Well, people decided to make movies about them. Frankenstein was published in uh, 1897. Right, but people were still like reading it. They were like, let's read it again. But the studio was very, in particular Universal, was like very wary of trying to make a film out of it because Dracula, the novel, is like, it spans like several major cities. There's like dozens of characters. There's lots of sex and violence in it. And so like, this was before the Hayes Code, but you still couldn't make a movie that had everything that happens in Dracula. Like right. the, the novel. So Dracula is not a particularly good movie in that like it's got a pretty boring like plot development. But honestly, so is the book, which we'll talk about next yes. week. But it, uh, yeah, Bela Lugosi, it like made his career, who is the quintessential Dracula. Okay. But y- yeah. anyway, any, any quintessential like count, anytime you do an impersonation of like a Transylvanian or whatever, um, you're doing Bela Lugosi. He developed that character. Yeah, handsome Italian dude with the great widow's peak. And he he is the quintessential Dracula. We might as well mention Nosferatu, which is funny to mention because they're it's just a knockoff of Dracula, but they renamed the movie and all the characters in it, so it's Count Orlock. And like I don't know that there even is a character named Nosferatu. Just Count Orlock is Count Dracula. And they made him look like this sort of rat-like creature with long nails, and so he's very—he just looks like a monster. You're he like, looks like the witch, the rat witch, the witches from the witches, but like as the rats. Yeah. So it's funny that they then have the same plot as Dracula, where he's gonna like move to another city, and like this, his like real estate solicitor, like you know, falls under his spell or whatever. Because in Dracula, it's like, oh, the handsome Bela Lugosi could pass as just an eccentric, like handsome count. Who seduces these yeah. women, but like Nosferatu is just a gross dude. Yeah, <laughs> like why would anyone believe that he's even like any human? Like, why would like, you ever? Yeah, you're like, what? No, you look like a sort of rat man. You have giant fangs. Yeah, just feel like there's so many things we have to discuss. Okay, well, so Frankenstein. I don't like the. I don't like the Frankenstein. I don't like what they've done with him. As again, as we will discuss next next week. Frankenstein, the character, is like a very caring, loving, like, a very, like, kind of like quick witted. Wait, are you talking about the doctor or are you talking about the monster? The monster. (laughs) Who doesn't get a name. No. His name is Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, he has daddy issues. I empathize with him so much. I love him. I feel like he was done really dirty by the, by Universal. Oh, by the way, the reason that, uh, Dracula, or sorry, that Frankenstein and all these other movies got made right then is because Dracula, the studio didn't really promote it. They premiered it in New York City at the Roxy Theater <gasps> in Gag. 1931. Um, yeah, there's now a hotel named after that that has a theater. But um, yeah, it premiered it in, I think, 31 or 32. So despite the Great Depression. like, And they were they thought it would be like a failure. And it was like an insane success. They didn't really promote it very much. It got poor reviews. And then it sold... In one, th- it was only premiering one theater. It sold fifty thousand tickets in two days. Damn, so I guess people just, really wanted to escape their problems. Yeah, they sold it out for the next six months, and that's why Universal then made like the monster movie franchise. Ten other gothic horror movies, including Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, because people people wanted to like escape their their troubles. Yeah, they were like, damn, these poor people will they'll do anything. They'll do anything to uh, forget the fact that they're poor. <laughs> And we're going to get rich off of it. Mm-hmm. As we talked about with the Wizard of Oz episode. Yes. Oh, well, sorry. 1934, there's the Hayes Code. So 
you can't do cool, sexy stuff in movies. But there's like ways around that. And all kind of really puts a damper on the whole like driving a stake through the heart of a vampire on screen. Yeah, or just like like having sexy time with a vampire. Can't can't do that. In the in <laughs> 1941, there's the first like um, werewolf esque movie, Wolfman, and there's a ton. This starts like a cascade of like were, werewolf movies because Hitler, like because of Hitler, basically <laughs> because Adolf actually means wolf. And Hitler's like nickname used to be the werewolf. I think Th- this inspired like a lot of you know this factoid. Yeah, a lot of like werewolf movies in in the early forties. There's also because we're coming. Were they like mocking Hitler? They're like you. There was a political message here. Well, people were just so basically like whatever's going on in the world, whatever people are afraid of, or like bad thing has happened to them, we're gonna put that in a, in a movie. So I think everyone sort of knew this this fact about Hitler and they were like, ooh, yes, an evil villain that is like the wolf. But it's like in a way that they can digest it. This is not like too real for them. So there's also a lot of low budget and, and like moody suspense movies around this time. Oh. Citizen Kane had just come out and was a massive failure. So Citizen Kane basically bankrupted the studio because it was such a a massive failure no one no one had time for that so they took this journalist van luton and they they were like you're gonna produce a bunch of really low budget horror films just based on the title alone because i guess they did market research on the title and they were like okay cat people go (laughs) and uh uninvited go and these films were they were really big hits and they were so cheap to make that they were like, all right, kid, let's keep doing that. Okay. So then there's another movie. Yeah. Just like later in the year after Dracula called vampire. <laughs> spelled with is a it y. the vampire or yeah, is vampire. it okay. the vampire? Okay. Well, I haven't seen that one. So it's yeah. like a candy. I've there's never probably tried. A, a racist movie called the mask of Fu Manchu. Oh, Okay. Um, there's the mummy. Wait, I wonder if the mask of Fu Manchu is like the <laughs> the original mask. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah, there's the mummy, the original like creature feature, I guess. Um, yeah, that was part of the the, yeah, the monster movie. There franchise. was a movie in 1932 called White Zombie. Oh wow! Yeah, right. You thought that Rob Zombie came up with that name himself? Oh, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man is much funnier when you realize it's a story about a naked man running around and brutalizing a bunch of police officers who can't see him. That's great. That's great. Because <laughs> if he was wearing clothes, they would see them. So he's got to be naked the yeah. whole time. I don't know if you can... It's not really a horror film, I don't think, but King Kong came out shortly after. That movie, oh my God, makes me cry. Mm-hmm. Because... I, <laughs> I saw it when I was really little, and I was like, why are they doing that to him? You really like monkeys, too. Yeah. Famously. Big fan. You're a fan of monkeys. I was like, leave him alone. Yeah, he's with his friend. Yeah, his, his gal. Uh, yeah, and so in 35, they're already doing knockoffs on Frankenstein, so that's when The Bride of Frankenstein came out. Yeah, and I guess they felt bad. They're like, well, we'll give him a lady. And then The Werewolf of London. See the werewolf. I told you. In werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Around the right. All right. So we're in the forties. 
give me give me some of that. Uh, one other thing I did want to say about oh. Bride of Frankenstein in the original Frankenstein novel, which we'll talk about gothic horror more next week. Um, doesn't Doctor Frankenstein makes him uh, like a girlfriend, but he kills her, right? Give me some. So yeah, give me some more. You're right. Cat people came out in '42. Yes. Um, yeah. The next year it was Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Oh my god! In '48 was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh yes, because there were there were some co- comedies start coming out at this time because there things are picking up. I guess like life is like getting a little bit better. And so people are like, "Eh, we're not, there's nothing that we're really like afraid of right now. So like, let's LOL. 48 is the middle of world war two. So they're just like, let's give the boys overseas something to laugh at. True. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So that's, that's the, the forties. And then we're now into the fifties and we'll take it away with like, what was going on in the world then? The fifties. Oh, uh, the Cold War. And the U.S. had just nuked Japan. The Cold War and the Hot War, as we... <laughs> so, as, fears, a, as I of, like to call uh, them. Fears of radiation and monster movies and outer space invaders. And aliens, get it? The start like, of the space foreign, race. Foreign. Yeah, and foreigners. Yeah. So, this is actually the... Let's see. Uh, so, in 1955, Hammer Pictures, which is a British film company... They they they've been like on the scene, but they haven't done anything like super epic. Um, but they become known as they become known for their really like graphic content, and uh, they yeah they have the quarter mass experiment and the curse of Frankenstein, which are just like very very gory and graphic, which which people some early splatter films yeah, would- but the haze code is still it's still an it's still going and the way that these um the way that these movies are able to like get around it is if you make a movie with like bumbling scientists the religious groups that like installed the haze code oh, they're, they're cool with that? yeah they're just like okay sure make fun of the scientists that's fine um they they see it as like a propaganda movie in 1959 the Wait, first like before that the thing that oh. kicks off all of this like out of this world stuff is in 51 oh. the thing from another world okay which is like your first alien invasion like horror film Ooh, the thing for, i love that they're very um obscure in the yeah they don't tell you that it, exactly what something. the thing is but that's regarded as like kind of kicking off the movement sometimes people refer to me as the a thing from another world mm-hmm. you know yeah and then in 54 is the creature from the black lagoon Yep. Is that a trick or a treat? Or what kind of treat is that? That would be like one of those mystery, um, yeah, one of those mystery, mystery like. mystery fun dip? I was going to say like a mystery Laffy Taffy. Okay. That are, it's like the dark oh, the purple. The, the mystery airhead. The, the white airheads. Yeah. That are like mystery flavor. Yeah. Godzilla was in 54. And that awesome. obviously kicked off Godzilla and Mothra and just like years and years of Japanese monster films. That would be like a Japanese gummy. Yeah. It's always it's always good. <laughs> 56 was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, a lot of... I guess the 50s was when you really had sci-fi horror like took off as a genre. Yes. Okay, okay. so in 1959, William Castle mm-hmm. puts... 
he does like the first 4D cinema. He puts buzzers in theater seats for the Tingler. So the Tingler, it's a movie about a parasite that crushes the host's spine when they're afraid, and it only dies when they scream and let their and let go of their fear. Mm. So he put these he put these buzzers in the seat that were basically like a deconstructed like airplane cooling device. Like they were like some really expensive devices for like a, this, this super low budget movie. And he would like stop the movie in the middle of it and he would set the buzzers off and then people would start to scream and he would make an announcement and be like, the tingler is in the audience and like you have to scream to, to let it go or it's going to kill this person. And he like would put plants like plants, screamers in the audience and he would like have people faint and get taken away by ambulances he had another movie called macabre macabre (laughs) macabre uh and he took out death by fright insurance on it so he yeah he was all about the like sensationalism not actually making good movies just using great gimmicks to sell them he was i think he was trying to compete with like everyone kind of or like the TV, you know, you couldn't get this experience at home. Because as we said at the beginning of the show, <clears throat> right, so this is 59, but in 55, I think 53 is when Vampira like had her TV show. Right, and Vampira would screen movies like the, I guess, movies <laughs> like, like The Tingler. Um, yeah, really like pulpy B-movies. And then we should mention it is... I believe the worst movie of all time, Plan 9 from Outer Space. She was in it, yeah. It came out in 1959. Vampire was in it, as was like a, an aging Bella Lugosi. It's just an absolutely awful movie. Um, nothing in it makes any sense. It's like it's compiled from four different movies. The acting's terrible. Sound is terrible. The editing is awful. There's really no coherent plot. It's sort of like World of the Worlds. Uh if it were made by an imbecile. Vampira. I recommend you watch Vampira it. Vampira dated or was actually married to H.G. Wells. Yes. Okay. Okay. So 1960, there's there's like a lot of more of this pulp horror. There's some there's some like psychological um horror happening. And there's the what, first appearance what, what of psychological horror film comes out in nineteen sixty? <laughs> Psycho? Yeah. <laughs> Psycho. It's the first film to use POV, like killer POV, mm-hmm. and it's also the first film and stabbing to ha- camera. Yeah, stabbing the- <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the first. It was also the first film to have a flushing toilet in it because the uh, the Hayes Code was dropped, <laughs> so now we could we can show toilets. Yeah. There's also Blood Feast. Which was a revolutionary film because it was the it was the first film to use like like ketchup gore like like Hershey's syrup ketchup gore mm-hmm. you know it was like saw gore a splatter, I guess a splatter, splatter. it was the first like splatter film it was about a, a murdering caterer yeah so like Hitchcock, this is the era of like Hitchcock films right yeah so like the birds comes out in sixty three yes oh and so Psycho is based on Ed Gain who is a really creepy killer who actually... Oh, I didn't realize it was based on a real person. Yes. Did he live with his mom in a hotel? 
so he loved to dig up the bodies of like of victims or just like just random bodies and and wear their skin and pretend to be his mom. So also Silence of the Lambs. Oh, Buffalo Bill. Yes, exactly. Oh wow, I didn't know that was a real yep. person. A lot of a lot of Freud. Like Freud would have a a field day with him. Yeah, so Hitchcock, I think, well, I mean, he was making films even in the 40s, but I guess it yeah. was the 60s he really, like, became this dominant force. But he brought, like, he was just a great director who tried to write deeper stories that were based in some sort of psychological, like, motivations. So he brought, I suppose, a lot more nuance or, like, trying to understand the killer and, like, ex- I don't know, explore their, like, creepy world, I guess, to to the concept of horror films. Yeah, and and just like twists that you wouldn't expect, like the protagonist dying like super early, the psycho twist. Or, Let's spoil uh, it. Spoiler alert. Oh, in the basement at the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and when it turns out, it's so poorly filmed. It's like looking at it now, where it's just like the chair, and and it's like it turns out that his mom has been dead the whole time. Oh, yeah, I was thinking, I guess Vertigo is really more of a d- detective story than a horror film. Although I think people still categorize it as a horror film for some reason. Because it was so bad. Yeah, it was a real nightmare to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Jimmy Stewart was a very good protagonist in that film. No. He cannot play a hard-boiled detective. Um, okay, so anyway. Rosemary's Baby, my one of my favorite. I have like two favorite horror movies. I think two. Yeah. Rose. Oh, uh, yeah. Rosemary's Baby is one of them, and because now we into like the mid '60s. Yeah, it's like the cultural, like the culture's changing. Culture's you got, changing. You got women's rights. You got <laughs> women's abortions. rights by Roman <laughs> Polanski. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, he, Roman Polanski was like, I want to make like a, a a romantic horror movie, mm-hmm. and Rosemary's Baby does start off as a very like cute film and then about like a cute married couple yeah cute married couple and Mia Farrow's so adorable in it you know mm-hmm. she's she's even she's, she's her like cute, the, her cute mom haircut well she gets she cuts she gets like the haircut mm-hmm. after she gets pregnant spoiler alert she gets yeah her her husband sells her to the devil her uterus to the devil so that he can be a famous actor. Good so, commentary on Hollywood right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was actually, though, because of all, like, the blacklisting and stuff like that. Uh-huh. People would actually <laughs> do that. All the communism. Yeah, sell out their friends and announce them as communists. Because that's exactly what's happening. Like, the scariest part of that movie is because you're like, okay, you know, because she she has a friend who's like, this this doctor and she like goes to a payphone and she's like she's like you need to help me and he's like don't worry like I'll help you come to my office or whatever and then she goes there I think and it's her doctor it is her her, do- her friend gets killed her friend her friend's gonna help her and he's like he gets put in a coma root. wait yeah oh yeah they, they pu- he, they're like they're like oh you have a friend you're right because they're downstairs neighbors so she goes to her doctor and the doctor's like come see me like I'm. I'll take care of you. Like, we won't let your husband get to you. She basically has, like, a gay friend that she's going to go. That's the one who gets put in a coma. Yes. Yeah, she has, a, a like, a closeted gay friend. And her downstairs neighbors, who are, like, the channelers of the devil, these, like, cute old, like, Jewish lady, like, couple. 
they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you gay friend. He's in a coma forever. Yeah. And then her her doctor like turns on her. And that's because you're like, she can trust no one. Yeah. You think she's going to escape. And then the doctor just calls her husband to come pick her up. Yeah. Because he's in on it, too. Yeah, they they give her like some sort of. <laughs> she's just being drugged constantly throughout the, the yeah. movie. Uh, so that year, also, Night of the Living Dead came out. Yes, which the first zombie movie, as uh, first zombie movie, like it was the first flesh eating flesh eating zombie. Yeah, I was. There like, were zombies been, like, before, zombie. yeah, but they weren't really hurting anyone. People were just scared of them. But, they were like, but now like revenants. Yeah, but, yeah. But now the zombies, because like we said, the movie White Zombie came out in '32. Oh, true. Um, the original. There must be a black exploitation movie called Black Zombie. By the way, just saying. I guarantee if we look this up, there must have been a movie there made is... in the '70s called Black Zombie. Uh, yeah. No. The only I, I'm like there is a Blackula. That's like lit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Yeah, Night of the Living Dead, first flesh eating zombies, made by Romero for like $20 he like filmed this movie yeah it's a, b- a bunch of friends they were like we've been saving up 20s of dollars and we want to make a movie a spooky movie it's like the Blair Witch Project but not insufferable exactly oh yeah exactly and it has the first African-American lead that is it's like they just cast they just cast him because he was right for the part like it a lot of people say that it has to do with like it has a it's a commentary on like race, but he's the director is like, no. Yeah. So like in a horror. Yeah. Film, there were black protagonists prior to this. And but. the police were like stupid in it, too. But it's he was just like, I don't like cops. And like this, this African-American actor did a great job. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And you as you like to point out, it has probably the first ever killing by trial. Yep. On screen. And probably one of the earliest, like, little girls killing their parents. Right, because this is, you can see with Rosemary's Baby and this movie and, like, some movies to come, you know, there were, in the 50s, everyone was, like, having kids and now uh, people were afraid that their kids were going to kill them. I guess so. The, the dangers in your own house. Also, little trivia, the, the cast had to eat, they took, you know, meat like organ meat and stuff and they covered it in chocolate syrup and because the movie was in black and white so like this red while on screen and yeah they they had to like eat they had that was like the fake limbs and stuff like that but it made them look so sick afterwards like they looked like really bad the makeup department was like wow we don't really have to do any work yeah like they look awful, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. Their zombies are they're still like pretty shambly, right? We were saying the first like fast zombies came much later. Yes, but they're they're more like Shaun of the Dead style, you know, slow brains zombies, the classic zombie, mm-hmm. which yeah. still somehow managed to surround and overpower people who are just like not paying attention, but like That's- very very easily outrun it's like a dream it's very dreamlike because you ever been in those dreams where like you want to run but like you're you're like running as hard as you can but like you're not running that's like what these movies are that's like the vibes what are some other movies that came out in the 60s if i didn't mention i'll give you a couple oh i was gonna say though when you when you said the first like i guess black protagonist in a film is 
That was yeah, you're right. That was sixty eight, and so I just looked up quickly, like uh, guess who's coming to dinner, which is like the Sydney Poitier film, where like a woman has a black boyfriend, who's the main character, was in sixty seven. So Whoa. it really was right around that time when you had like black leading actors in like ma- you know feature films from like major studios. So yeah, it was it was like pretty groundbreaking at the time. It wasn't just first like major black actor in a horror film; it was probably was one of the first black leads. Um, do we mention the seventies get really fun? Yes, we're okay. Any any good ones left in the sixties? <laughs> so in sixty three, there's a movie called Black Sabbath. Did you know every heavy metal band just took their name from a classic from horror a, from film? From a horror film? Apparently. I bet they didn't know that. <laughs> There's a movie called 2000 Maniacs. Let me give you some 70s movies before we get to like the quintessential one. Okay. So in 1971, Vampiros Lesbos. Yes. Comes out. So Th- Now that would be a Laffy Taffy. So the 70s is, right, this is the era of exploitation movies. So it's great. So that's like a sexploitation film, obviously, with like some les vampires. Right, seventy-two. Blackula comes out. Yes. What what uh, candy would that be? What would you rate that? Black licorice. <laughs> it's dark chocolate. Dark Maybe chocolate. Like, oh my god, so rude. Via Hershey's Midnight. Um, true. Yeah. True. Okay, and uh, seventy-two. The last house on the left. So in the seventies, you start to see these sort of uh, suburban horror stories. Yes. Including like the last house on the left. Rice Krispies. Yeah, probably Rice Krispies treat. <laughs> Um, and then in 73, it's like your breakfast could kill you. Something familiar is something foreign. 73, the movie, the wicker man. Oh, which you've seen, right? It's like the original midsummer. Yeah. Um, where a guy goes, investigates some sort of like pagan cult. Uh, and, and then he, <laughs> he is sacrificed plot twist. It's a cool movie. Okay. And so, and then also in 73, the exorcist. Yeah. You want to give us some exorcist facts? Where should I start? Where is it filmed? I, d- I actually don't know. Oh, Georgetown. Oh, like really? The famous flight of steps that the priest throws himself down at the end of the film. He doesn't throw himself down. This or does he trip? The or? devil. The devil throws him down. I thought steps. he kills himself to like stop the the possession. Oh, I thought that <laughs> that he was thrown down the steps because then they investigate the they they the cops like start investigating. Yeah, Her, but, the daughter as like the murderer. Okay, uh, so there's this daughter with like super cute name Regan. Yeah, and she's like a little contortion slut because the devil is haunting her. Or is it really her parents' divorce and the fact that she is having like psychological issues and her her mom just keeps bringing her to the doctor and Instead of bringing her to a therapist. You think it's like Munchausen syndrome or something? Her mom is making her believe that she's sick. The, you know, the priest, the priest in the, or there's a bunch of priests, but like the one. The main priest. The main priest. The guy leading the exorcism. Priest numero uno Mm -hmm. is is like, we don't do exorcisms anymore, like, because they're, it's like not a real thing. And the mom is like, you have, you got to do it. A commentary on psychological demons i think that like if you believe that there's something wrong with you you might have to have like a fake exorcism to get rid of it oh, okay it's almost like an intervention sort of like vibe but it's you Not know the and there's everyone knows the story of like you know they had like people were like fainting in the theater and stuff like that and and if you hear that you think it's this the like pea soup 
scene or like the walking down the stairs the backwards scene by the way when her head spins 360 while she projectile vomits on everyone in the room so hot <laughs> it's literally like yeah gag gagatrandra i mean the bed floating and stuff you think well, that was just because of her parents that's divorce? people so people actually fainted or whatever during the the medical scenes mm. because yeah it's like a little girl getting like these really loud x-rays and like getting like these these like big ass shots and stuff like that also the x-ray technician because he's like a real x-ray technician he actually turned out to be a serial killer of of the gays so for for shade the for guy shade. who wait they got a real x-ray technician yes. to play the x-ray technician so the the director like would go you know he went to this like hospital and he was like show me your freakiest medical procedures and he was like, this x-ray, it's very noisy and like very alarming. Let's do, let's have it done. And he was like, I just want the same like people to do it because like they know how to do it right. Okay. So also the demon that is like summoned on the Ouija board in the movie, they refer to the demon as Captain Howdy, which is the Ouija board font. The actual like inspiration for the demon is this demon named Pazuzu. Oh. Yeah. Who's who's sort of from like, what like Catholic lore? I think it's like an um like a first people's like situation, I believe. Oh. But yeah, yeah, this demon Pazuzu, who is so scary that she would scare other demons because she was so scary. So the face that that like exorcist freaky face that they flash mm -hmm. or that they superimpose. That's supposed to be like Pazuzu appearing all of a sudden. And it's the makeup test that they actually didn't use. Like they were going to use like some makeup prosthetic like double. And it was like too weird. But they were like, well, we'll use like a little like watermarking of this. Mm. And also people call it, a, they say it's like a cursed film because I think the actual, like a whole bunch of people and it like died very soon after. I think maybe the priest... Like one of the lesser priests like died during it, and Regan was like, she, yeah, she like broke her back from like the bed, throwing her around. Oh yeah, how did they? What was was the bed like a like a bronco or whatever? They had yeah, it was some contraption to move it around, or like they hung it from they, ropes or something. They had her on like a harness, and they were like jerking her around. And yeah, but the filming, I think, was like pretty terrible. They thought she was a really good actress because she was like screaming. <laughs> She's like, I still have back problems to this day. And then there's someone doing her voice, like doing her freaky voice. And that that person was like a crazy alcoholic. And she was clean. But, you know, when she was like called in to do like the voice she's like okay i'm going to like st have to start drinking and smoking cigarettes <laughs> so to get this, this voice this demon so voice. she actually wow. was like summoning up like an old demon to like oh. do this so yeah so yeah take your kids to a psychiatrist uh before you start like doing crazy medical yeah. experiments on them so the 70s really is the decade of probably all of the most like influential impactful horror films because yes. right the exorcist comes out in 73 and then in 74, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre comes out. Yes, which is, the first use of a chainsaw. 
I mean, there were splatter films prior to this, but this was a very like exceedingly low budget, very gory splatter film. Also, Jaws, which like not only revolutionized the horror genre, but also just like genres in general. I mean, it's kind of like a creature film, right? It is definitely a creature but, film. There also were not summer blockbusters oh, at all. The like first major summer because guess why? There was know. not air conditioning, so no one wanted to go to a movie theater in the summer. In the summer, because you're like, I'm just going to be in a hot room. Like, no way. They had drive-ins because that was outside. Yeah, why aren't they just showing cool movies at drive-ins? You don't really go to drive-in to see like a blockbuster. Yeah. So in 75, all the movie theaters got air conditioned and people yeah, wanted to see Yeah, they were Jaws. like, sweet. Yes. Jaws so, also very famous for the soundtrack. Yeah. And it's also like a, yeah, so the animal horror, like. So it did lead to, I guess, yeah, there were creature films before then, but it's just sort of animal horrors. Yeah. It so Snakes it's just on like, a plane. Yeah. It's just a badly behaving animal. And it's Sharknado. Not, it's not supernatural or anything. It just is doing what it does, but everybody's like freaked out by it. Yeah. So like Cujo, right, which came like a couple years later, right? The Stephen King film about a rabid dog is just like, I guess the idea is that it's horror that could happen to you. Yeah. Don't go in the water. Which Don't is, go yeah, in the water. It's, it's led to Shark Week. Dude, okay, Spielberg was, guess how old he was when he made Jaws? <laughs> it's like so sad. Like 29? No, he was 26. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you, you go to UCLA Film School, you like get connected to, to everybody in Hollywood. That's how you become a famous director. Also, the, the shark was named Bruce after his lawyer. Nice. That's pretty good. Bruce the shark. There was also like a lot of, you know, it was really hard to like, because it was like an animatronic shark. So it was like very hard to get it to like, behave so dross was also very uh it was like a foretelling of also of like florida's reaction to coronavirus because it's very much the same they like refuse to close the beaches or any like public attractions yeah. even though they know people are going to die um and i think that drives like most of the tension in the movie is driven by the fact that like it's really the like the reason people are dying is not I mean, the shark's out there just being a shark, but it's because of, like, the bureaucracy of, like, this beach town and that they won't close the beach and people keep, like, going swimming or whatever. And, like, the guy trying to, like, keep it from happening instead has to get a boat with dynamite to, like, go a shark. A shark. <laughs> yeah. A what? Is it the first horror movie that takes place in the summer? Pretty sure the Texas Chainsaw Massacre takes place during the summer. Oh, sure. Well, but I feel like it's like this was like in daylight, though, which I think was like a newer thing. Because like Chainsaw, there's like a lot of shadows. And shit yeah, like so that. a lot of shadows and like this was like broad running daylight. around inside basements and stuff or in the woods. In the, in the beautiful ocean. In the ocean. Anywhere can be the ocean mm -hmm. if you believe in sharks. Um, yeah, there's so also Carrie. I was going to say next year, Carrie, which is another... I mean, maybe that's your first, like, because uh, this is also, like, the the John Waters era. I guess that was more the 80s. But, yeah. like, the, like, high school is really hard uh, right. type of movie. 
And so, like, Carrie's, like, a well, great, cause all that's those a great kids vehicle for Carrie to be scary. That the boomers had, you know, they were, when they were afraid, you know, the 60s are afraid that the kids are going to kill them. In the 70s, those kids are now watching movies. So they're like, oh, where am I in these, these films? Mm-hmm. And there's also, like, a little, like, because, like, every the, the free love situation is happening, but there's, like, a little, like, a worry of STDs, like, starting to to creep to creep John Travolta's like he's like gay basically the whole film it's so good he's just the character that he plays in uh in in Greece in Greece but he's even gayer yeah really gets pushed around by his girlfriend yeah oh and then 77 is Suspiria my other favorite horror movie which is really like did not have a big impact on American audiences and you would not I would not consider it like a classic of the genre it's just a really good film it's so good. And it has probably, it probably is among the top 10 best like set designs I've seen in a film. Yeah, the set de- design is just beautiful, like saturated, very like, very like 70s vibe, I guess. Every room has an, it just an insane, like super ornate color scheme. And yeah, like power patterns and work. to um, the max. So it'd be it like hot pink with red overlays or like the. The like head headmaster's office has like this gorgeous sort of like giant flower mural go, thing going. Go on. towards the, what was what was the flower? The lily or the violet? Yeah, she's like she's like the, the, she had to turn the flower. Turn the flower. Yeah, it's yeah horror movie that happens at a ballet school. It's uh, and also the blood in it is very, it's very like raspberry jello blood. It's great. It's also very campy and funny because, yeah, it's like the you know. It's kind of like the, you know the school's run by witches, right? But like Susie, the the protagonist, like she doesn't do anything. She comes to the ballet school from America, and they're just constantly like poisoning her, and like they're like that terrible American bitch. But she's just like come there. That's it. She's like I'm here, and they're like we must kill her. Is it? It's an Italian film, right? Mm-hmm. But like it's set in Berlin. Yep. where the dance academy is and i didn't catch this the first time like i watched it but you can see the shadow of the berlin wall in yep. the exterior shots so it like i guess is like it's punk rock it's west berlin but it's like a very severe like german like headmaster i guess or headmistress at the school um yeah really ridiculous sound effects really ridiculous soundtrack by the prog rock band goblin yes it's 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 so extreme too it's like not adjusted so it'll be like you you will think that there's something wrong with your with your tele with your tele with your sound your audio because yeah it's just like oh a rainstorm and then it's like you know i i make this terrible screeching noise that i won't do but yeah (laughs) and then like snare drums and like okay yeah two more we gotta keep it moving though okay wait two more 70s films um yeah so uh, we got to mention Alien. Alien. So we already talked about sci-fi horror films. The the like right Alien both because of like the claustrophobia of it. Uh, it really is a just a monster movie, but the monster they're in space. Very yeah. Neat. So so great film and has one of the like you know most amazing like shocking like scenes. Yeah, throughout that movie, everyone just ignores Ripley's advice or Sigourney Weaver's advice. They're like, this right? dumb bitch. Because she's like, you guys can't come back on the spaceship. She's a like, woman. You've been contaminated. And the, and then, the, like, you know, the other guy on the ship is like, no, it's cool. 
And then, like, of course, they bring the alien. The chestburster comes with them. Just like coronavirus. Uh-huh. <laughs> the pod. you got to stay with your, your, with your pod. Listen to women. Okay, one more 70s movie, uh, which was the start of the slasher genre, is Halloween. Oh, that's right. We almost forgot about yeah, Halloween. 1978. Or uh, the babysitter murders. <laughs> yeah, original name of Halloween was the babysitter murders. We did a bunch of research on Halloween. So how yeah. much, what was the budget for Halloween? I have no idea. Film? I don't know numbers. I don't do math. Tell me. Uh, I believe it was $300,000. It was very low. Okay. I mean, it's it's very hard to make a movie for under a million, right? So I don't even, get out of bed 70s. for under a million. Okay. So it was 300000 How much money did the movie make? A lot. It made $53 million. Damn. In 1970s money. Uh, so obviously... After like the success, the That's, incredible success and in it being such a low budget movie, every studio then wanted to make a slasher film, which is why you have like, right, the Friday the 13th the series. Which is basically like Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it's just a clear like it's kind of the same film, just a little gorier and with less storyline. Made, made Jamie Lee Curtis's career. Um, it's it's weird that it did because uh, she went on to do so many yogurt commercials like later in life. Mm hmm. She was in True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of great films. Um, but yeah, as a, that was, I think, when people think about horror films and traditional slasher like films, a lot of creative kills in there. It's like garroting yeah. somebody with a phone cord, which you couldn't even do today because nobody has a phone cord anymore. Yeah, um, yeah creative stabbings. Uh, it's funny because they're so creative with the kills, but like the reason why it's like you you need nothing to like, yeah, because it's like uh, the Halloween, you know, it's like he kills his sister who's babysitting him because she wants to like have sex instead of watching him. And then mm-hmm. that is like his life and the franchise like forever. Like that's how it all started. And then like. Yeah, I think in the like the Saw movies, which we'll talk about, it's literally like. Yeah, I go it, like some of the later Saw movies. Like, there's like no reason to like kill the people. Like, yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, you got out of bed on the wrong foot. <laughs> to be clear, the Saw movies and Hostel was kind of the start in like the the like late two thousands or whatever of like torture. The escape room. They call torture the porn. Torture. But like those are just splatter films. They just rebranded it. But it's it really is like in the same genre of just like you're watching a horrifying thing happen and then through. The, the magic of practical effects it like you, you see it and it's very gross um anyway so so that brings us to the end of the 70s <gasps> let's talk about a, a couple of 80s and 90s films yeah so the 80s is the era of the film fan franchise and the home video and also aids is happening mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of body horror like in the thing the thing exactly the fly which i love the fly with uh, with your boy, so Cronenberg uh, famously right yeah. is like the the king of like body horror and like very gross like latex effects and yeah disfigured faces melting and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But it showed up even in if you remember like in Indiana Jones, right? Like face like Nazi faces melting off people and stuff. Like I just remember the, even the they brains had some of when that. they were like they're eating the brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. Right? We do we do we talk about that? I just mentioned it as like a kind of knockoff of the Halloween series. Okay. But it, you know, similar. It's like a movie that's very easy to just, you can make infinite sequels because like it can be set wherever. 
I think Friday the 13th, like the second or third one, had the first ever like male lead, like victim. Oh, I was like male lead. No, that, yeah. there's like, male leads in all of these, but it wasn't like, a, like it wasn't whoa. a white woman being chased throughout the film. Like in Halloween, they had like a guy who was being chased. And so you were like, oh, the tables have turned. Uh, maybe it was like a horror film too. designed to appeal to women. What's the idea? I don't know. It was the the play the play girl. <laughs> oh, it is worth mentioning the Halloween series, though, right? So in '78, the first film came out. This incredible success, and so the studio like rushed to produce a new one, and the director of the the original like film uh, had envisioned it as like an anthology series. So it would be the Halloween series, but every movie would be a standalone individual movie like the crypt keeper but then i think they were thing. in such a rush that the second movie they just hired a different director all new cast and so halloween 2 uh was like super campy and like it's like about a pumpkin the, or something it was like yeah, pumpkin man a haunted pumpkin it didn't have any of the thrills of the original uh in the studio was it was like new coke basically so like after like three months they were like let's pretend this never happened and they burned all the copies of it and then Every subsequent Halloween movie had Mike Myers. Which is, it's okay, it's so funny because, right, no connection to like No connection Mike to the, Myers. the SNL comedian and Austin Powers actor. Also, Michael Myers. What's his it? mask. His masks. What is his mask? It's, it's just a sort of like. Who is his mask? I don't know. Who's the mask? Who's the mask is. I thought it was just sort of a blank face. Well, in the script, it said just, it did say like nondescript, like white globby like lumpy face mask thing and it's the it's a shatner it's a william shatner mask painted i did white. not know who yeah. that mask is supposed it's a to william be. shatner they, but they painted it white because i guess they sent the pa the pa i guess they sent them out to like party city and yeah they were like well let's do okay so let's uh 84 you've got nightmare on elm street which is also like Halloween and Friday the 13th. It's similar, but he kills you in your dreams. So it makes it a little more suspenseful. Wait, do you die when you wake up? Or just like a bad dream? I haven't seen that no, one. No, you die in your dream. And um, in real it's life. It's kind of like The Matrix. If you die in the dream, you die in real life, I guess. But Freddy Krueger like, shows up in your dreams. So everybody's like, all these teenagers are trying not to fall asleep. The ultimate, like, he's like, so like steampunk too, right? Freddy Krueger is funny because he has, like, Jason never talks, right, in the, like, uh, Friday the 13th movies. Um, Wait, so which, which mask like, does and, Jason and ha have? Jason's a hockey mask. Okay. And he's a stabber. Michael Myers mostly stabs people, has the Shatner mask. Freddy Krueger just has, like, a gross, like... Scarecrow like, raw... sack, right? No, no, his, his face just looks oh, like no, a burn victim. Oh, his face is, like, burned, yeah. He's, like, Emperor Palpatine. And he has, like like, claw hands. Um, yeah because he's he's like wolverine he's in your dreams though but he has a sense of humor and talks and he like in the dreams he'll like oh he'll like taunt them so it makes for a, a much better villain i think he sounds super sarcastic do it like you're about to kill me <laughs> go 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 oh how nice of you to visit me in my lair <laughs> i have a little treat for you <laughs> and then a lot of laughs. He's like, ha, 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 ha. A lot of sick laughter. Oh, that's crazy. And then, like, the, they scream, and then they're like, oh, no. ah, don't kill me. There's a, a really great Simpsons treehouse of horror that has him? a parody of it. How do you beat him? 
Oh man, I don't. I think they just like hunt him down in they the wake dream. Up? What if you wake up? Well, that happens a lot, and like the in the first half of every movie is he, people almost get killed, but they wake up and they're. He's like, up. damn. <laughs> anyway, go watch the Treehouse of Horror parody of it. It's great because then like. There is definitely that where like one of the teens is like their friend's supposed to like wake them up if they get in trouble and instead like they show up in the dream and they're like, wait, why are you here? And they're like, oh no, I fell asleep too. Ah, uh, terrible. Okay, so 80s has, there kind of is a, a bunch of like action movie horror, I guess, right? So like Aliens is not really a horror film. It really is a sci-fi action film. There's like a lot of shooting guns and space marines, but that's on our list. Or like Predator. It is. Same thing. It's like Arnold. It's an action movie. But you could consider it a horror film, I guess, because they're all getting killed. Yes. Wait, I found it is. It is a uh, Freddy Krueger one liners. Yeah. It's it's in a list oh, of nice. one liners that have aged poorly. So when he spots the potential victim, uh, Kelly Rowland, right, nice. he goes, he goes, how sweet <laughs> dark meat. Oh, yeah, that's not <laughs> it has not. It has not uh, aged well. Yeah, Fatal Attraction is on this list, which I would not really consider a horror movie. Oh, no, that's not, yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's like a psycho stalker movie. Um, so kind of. We, we didn't come up with candies for like a lot of these. It's okay. Okay. All right, let's just jump to the 90s and we'll do a couple of them because there's, again, tons of films in the 90s. And so like... So this, the 90s is self-aware... Yeah. Found footage. I think the two, yeah, the two or three big movements are, yeah, the self-aware movies. So Scream is like quintessential. And when was that? Ninety one, ninety three. Yeah, something like that. Both. Okay, <laughs> it's all the screams. Uh, Courtney Cox's hair in Scream Three. Yeah. If you're ever having a bad day, go go look, go <laughs> look at that. that on Twitter. And Courtney Cox responded, and she was like, "What the fuck." Ah, she. I guess she. She had nothing. She was having a bad day. She was having a bad day. Uh, but in Scream, the characters realize they're in a horror film and dissect the horror film genre, while then being pursued by a killer in a horror film. So, what are some of the rules? So good job, Wes Craven. What are some of the rules? Right. One is like, what is it? Oh, it, like virgins. Right. The virgin never dies. Right. So don't have sex. Um. I don't, I don't remember what the other ones were. What are the rules? There's something about like not, oh, don't pick up the phone, right? Is yeah, that, which. I don't pick up the phone is one. <laughs> which now that's fine because no one picks up their. T- I know. Don't answer your text. We all watched Scream. In 92 was Candyman, which is. Oh, yeah. I mean, the villain isn't like particularly memorable, but it's like. It's Candy Muse. It's a horror <laughs> film that's shot in a Chicago Projects. And like with a lot of like actors who would be living like in those projects, so it's very much like a, it's not a black exploitation film like Blackula. It is just a horror movie that's centered around a black community. Yes. So that's that's what makes it unique, and the cinematography is really great. Because you have to say his name three times when like looking in a mirror, and then he appears. Yes. And they had to fucking do it. That's oh yeah, that's like the thing you have to like do it, and it's like come on. Well, so in that film, so the main characters are like I think like grad students who are like studying anthropology or folk tales or something so they're like trying to like learn about the legend of the candy man the <laughs> they just did a remake of it this year uh that supposedly was very good uh tell us about the found footage films uh blair witch blair witch was a big one yeah 
they yeah they there's again some kids wanted to make they were like we have saved fives of dollars so we want to make a film and because you know camcorders were like really upping their game and so they made a super low budget film yeah i originally i think they were going to like edit it together more but then they were like why don't we just leave it like why don't we just say that it is the found footage like we don't edit it into like another picture we're just like here's the raw footage yeah it's <laughs> save time on the yeah and so it got picked up by a major studio and yeah. i remember when it came out and they were like there was a special website for it and stuff where you could you could see like the only non-porn and, website that existed yeah. at that time there was like 99 website 99 million websites of porn and then like the blair witch which so I bet most people went there because they were like, maybe it's a glory hole. Mm-hmm. I'd get my I'd get my dick sucked by that a tree. Was, that was around the time when like, yeah, late nineties is that like every new movie or thing or product had its own like dot com website that had like it had a beeper code. It would play like a little flash animation <laughs> when you landed. There'd be some like animated gifs on it or whatever, and then you'd like some sparkles yeah and then it would like break and the website would break and you'd be like, okay, cool. It'd be the computer mm-hmm. with the frowny face. Yeah. Yeah. The it's the Blair Witch apparently they uh they wanted to fuck with their friends slash they told the media that they wanted genuine reactions. So sometimes when there were like the really scary scenes, they would put a they would hide the day's like program or whatever and a GPS tracker they would like hide it in the woods and they would just like drop the cast off and they were like okay you can go find it now <laughs> and they would like yeah i guess they would put like a body cam on them or something mm. so they just get real footage of them wandering around of their nose running being pissed off in the woods yeah you said your mom watched it and when they run out of cigarettes she's like that was the scariest mind. part yeah. yeah i think they intentionally make them like kind of insufferable like annoying like film students right yeah Okay. Sure. One other, one final movie from the 90s I do want to talk about. In 99, Audition came out. So Audition is probably one of, that might be my favorite horror movie. So it's, that's, that wins the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup uh, of award as far as, it's a treat. The uh, bubble gum in my is, book. It's the bubble. It's genuinely very scary, but it's engrossing. It purposely, <laughs> um, what's his name? The guy who directed is uh, Takashi Miike. And so related you know, to Mike Snow, apparently. Then they they named themselves Fun after fact. him, or what? They're they're brothers. Mike Snow is a band with like three guys. <gasps> I know. So Takashi yeah, Japanese. Mo- yeah, I guess horror film director, but his films are just unique. There's nothing like them. And he said in interviews, audition. He's like, yeah, I wanted to make the first half of the film like pretty boring, which it is. Which it great is. job, great success. So it's a very slow sort of like developing love story, and then it takes an. It's not even. It's like an arranged twist. marriage, yeah, where you're like, oh, this dude is gross. It's not really love. Yeah, it's more an old man who like this. He gets this woman to like. It's yeah, like adult friend finder him. gone awry. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe a way to think of it. Yeah. Also, great surprise scene. She's just like, okay, I can totally relate to this. I am not going off on a tangent. This will be very quick because I had no furniture at one point. So, and she's just like sitting and all that's in her apartment is like her phone, 
a bed and like some dude in a trash bag. I'm like, we've all been there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She lets the dude out of the trash bag, throws up into a bowl, and then he eats the. the he stew. devours it. He's yeah. like, he's like glob, 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 yeah. glob. Yeah. Okay. So another Takashi Miike film in, in 2001, Ichi the Killer, which I'll just say is, uh, it's Takashi Miike in, in his like. It's audition for boys. In his finest form. Um, right? It's wild. That's what I call it. It's just a wild film. I, it's, I don't want to summarize it. I think the girls, the girls, they will like audition better. Mm-hmm. And I think the boys will like. Ichi the killer better. Just yeah, saying. I could see that. Um yeah, 2000 Final Destination came out, which is just like a dumber version of Scream. Anyway, 2002 The Ring. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> my easiest love. Halloween costume if mm-hmm. I wanted to. Yeah. I guess because people were like, but what if you had a VHS tape and it could kill you? Yeah, not a good. Like, the premise is cool, I suppose, and just the monster is cool, right? The girl who comes out of your television. But, like, can you name <laughs> any of the other characters in the film? No. Or like, no, of course not. Like, but I love how they're like, they're like, I gotta watch this tape. It's like, don't watch the tape. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Seven days. No, no, seven like, days. Nope. But it's kind of like an allegory, like, you gotta return your VHS after seven. I think that's really what it was. It was like a commentary on Netflix. They'll come after I don't you. Think it was. You know? Okay. Another found found footage film from around this time, the early two thousands. We'll probably just wrap up. Wait, here. what about Silence but, uh, of the Lambs? Oh, we're way past it. No, that, that was uh that was nineteen oh the nineties, right? Yeah. I, Sorry, we I gotta thought, we gotta jump back. We I Yeah, I Silence of the Lambs, that. which was the first like like crime, you know. Like crime psychological, psychological horror thriller. crime detective. I think the for me, at least, the key distinguishing thing of Silence of the Lambs is it, is it has a very competent protagonist. And almost every horror film prior to this, like they Except worked... Except for Dracula. Oh, because Van Helsing is like competent. He's like a professor of vampirology. <laughs> but uh, yeah, prior to this is like so much of how horror films work, which is always like a little annoying, I think, as a viewer, is you're like, it's a dumb teenager. It's like a super naive woman in the... F- you know, 40s or whatever, who faints a lot. But like, that's who the viewers were. Like, I suppose We so. didn't get smart until the 90s. I feel a lot of it was just like, you know, it was just cheap, cheap, you know, writing by the directors. They're like, oh, this is an easy way to make, like, why else would you fucking go upstairs in the haunted house? Like, you have to, we need a main character who's a moron. But Silence of the Lambs gives you a, like, a very competent detective with Clarice starving. Clarice. Yeah, Jodie Foster. Excellent in the role. And then Hannibal Lecter, I don't think, again, like the studio, like they made the film off a, like a novel, but they did not know like how great it would be because Anthony Hopkins just was phenomenal in it. Yes. I ate, I ate her liver with some Chianti and fava beans. You know what that? Because I think they thought Buffalo Bill would be more of a, like a draw or more of like the main character. That was and also Hannibal based- Lecter would be like kind of a side note, but Anthony Hopkins absolutely steals every scene he's that in. was based on ed Gaines as well nice yeah 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 you said yeah but anthony hopkins sir anthony hopkins phenomenal acting in that film oh, so do the the whole like chianti and fava fava beans do you know what that's like about you know what it's insinuating no that he's off his meds because both of those things have a lot of iron in them mm-hmm 
And if you're on like lithium or something, that will like really fuck up your Medicaid. Like you could die or something like that. So oh. like by him saying that, he's also like insinuating that he's not taking his or he wasn't when meds. he ate the guy's liver. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't think lithium is gonna fix what's wrong with Hannibal Lecter though. Also, well, I'm just saying it was it's like, a it's a fun fact a good for answer. everyone. Yeah, just put him on antidepressants; he'll be fine. Or antipsychotics, um, or you know, there was yeah. yeah. But a, a yeah, I think that's a very rewarding thing about Silence of the Lambs or the other films in that series is that it's very everyone in the movie is smart. And a lot right? of the a lot of the uh, sequels are are or prequels are good. Like I like Red Dragon is also really good. Yeah, I saw it with Rafe Rafe Fines. Pretty good. Yeah, I knew someone who had like a full ass gargoyle dragon tattoo on their back and i was like ah and then oh wait we didn't okay we, sorry we didn't talk about the shining no not really uh what do you want to say about it amazing movie <laughs> really good great film that wins that also wins the uh, reese's peanut butter cup uh treat yeah award i suppose well wait why do you like it so much i the visuals and the just the whole like vibe. I don't. The vibe is like so good, and also, it's so much stuff happens. You just get it's so classic, and also, yeah, like Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson's famous eyebrow acting. Mm-hmm. His eyebrow acting, and then you can find the clip online of uh, Jack Nicholson like behind the scenes getting ready to do the oh, like axe door smashing scene we, should we do it and like so he's like slapping himself in the face and jumping up and down to get out of breath and then he's should like, we oh, do it oh, okay yeah and the kid too the kid like was such a good actor yeah so kubrick uh yeah was a great director yeah, uh, it, to the kid he was to the kid uh everybody yeah famously everybody was very mean to shelly duvall and he told him he was like tell her she's ugly you know like take her food away from her to to get her to be a neurotic mess in her face but she like regards it as like the most traumatic like period of her life she's like i'm still in therapy yeah and did i don't think did many films after that yeah it really yeah nice job kubrick um but yeah the whole the whole set is was it filmed upstate new york yeah yeah, and so the whole the whole set, the hotel, everything is like looks very cool. A lot of like great scenes. So yeah, it's nice that. Uh, but he didn't. He like didn't let the kid like know that he was in a scary movie. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I forget what the story was too. With the uh, well, that makes sense, right? Kubrick was like so about like method acting or just forcing method acting upon the actors by not telling them stuff or like treating them badly. I guess that. Uh, yeah, so like, don't tell the kid he's in a horror movie because a real kid in a movie, like in this situation, wouldn't know that he's in a horror movie. Right. He just wants to play with the two girls forever. Yeah, he doesn't realize that they're ghosts. It was a little weird because all the ghosts in the film are like, right, they're from the psyche of like the people staying at the hotel, at the overnight right. hotel, or whatever. But uh, it's because the hotel is on an Indian burial ground. And like Stephen King, who wrote the the novel like loves indian burial grounds is like the reason stuff Cujo, is going badly pet cemetery yeah exactly <laughs> all about it so uh but there's Carrie. no there's no <laughs> yeah there's no hint of indian burial like there's no like 
you know you know apache or manhattan like you know chieftain like the ghost showing up oh i guess the axe sort of yeah okay maybe that's an illusion there yeah there's so much like you know if you're a film student write a paper on it because you can really pull from so many things to impress your teachers yeah okay so we jumped back a bit yes because we had to because we had to go back to the the 80s but then, okay, so two, it's like 2000, oh, people are, so in the 2000s, there's a lot of like torture porn stuff so because 2004, of- 2004, Saw and Hostel both like came out. Well, people think it's because of like 9-11 and also because of Abu Ghraib. Hmm. Is that, yeah. Yeah, and like Guantanamo and like the U.S. waterboarding detainees, I think. Right, that's yeah. Like, and I think that's why they renamed the genre- Instead of just saying, oh, it's a splatter film, they were like, no, it's torture porn because torture was on everybody's mind. Yeah. Saw, like, is the worst. I'm sorry. It's just, I think it's terrible. The first Saw is interesting because it actually is, like, a classic, like, like bottle episode. It's like a bottle film, right? It almost, it all takes place in this bathroom, and it is a psychological thriller of these, like, two guys who are chained up, like in this this room or whatever who like with a saw they have to like cut their leg off if they want to escape right like, that was but the they, first saw. they did something bad right yeah yeah they like through like flashbacks they recount like how they got to the room or whatever so like the saw guy in that one he's supposed to be like a moral like dude and then he's passing the business on to his daughter so he's like cool no right? that's not even in the first in the first film like none of there's no jigsaw like backstory and all that ridiculous like crap that's in all the sequels. Then they're like, actually, it's a family business of like doing torture porn. And then and, like he have, actually owns a giant underground compound where he puts people through these like weird game show. Like, but that's the thing. You know, None of the future stuff. people like, like really do anything. And like, I know there's one where there's like a husband and like his, but his like, he did something bad, but then like his wife and kids like didn't, but he has to kill that. It's just like, come on. Yeah. It gets it at, at a certain point. It just is for the sake of whatever. And then I guess we can call out a couple notable in the last like 20 years, other like notable films, but like Saw would be a jawbreaker. Given the entire canon that we've gone through, like, can there be anything new in horror cinema? What about us and Get Out? Yeah. So like more social commentary. And so I think a lot of people compared, uh, right, Get Out, it very much has like the sort of like racial slash quote-unquote post-racial like dimension to it with the dad who's like i would have voted for obama twice if i could or whatever but like they're like super racist is why they're like (laughs) yeah but uh you know i think people compared that probably to the original candy van in a sense they're like oh it's like a a film centered around like a like a you know black protagonist um who very much is like they're dealing with this like in they're very comp right like just in get out us is different but in get out like it's a very competent like protagonist right who like which is why he gets to then take revenge on the whole family which is like it's a very like fulfilling movie right oh yeah and there's like um, there's also like midsummer and those movies too he kills the bro the lacrosse bro yes it's so good like like really great yeah do do it imitation of that the lacrosse bro (laughs) and doesn't he he kills like the Okay, so I'm killing with you. like the the elk like antlers or whatever too. Yeah, yeah, the, like, that's, that's like the head. best part. It's a really great film because 
a lot of, yeah, all the best kills go to the protagonist. Yeah. So, and then there's also like, you now the, like, the Midsomar and like Hereditary, basically films about you hating your brother and sister. It's that one director. Yep. Who's the one it, who hates his brother who's and sister. The, who's the director? I forgot. Yeah, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> But it's yeah. We also did what? There's something about the Johnsons. I think it's a oh, which is an film. awesome movie. Like that movie's actually really good and like very disturbing. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, it got very formulaic. It's a lot of pubes and like old, like wrinkly bodies. Hmm. Yeah. A lot so, of a anyway. lot of flies and heads. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. I don't. Yeah, he's, he's he's fun in his voice, <laughs> that director. Also still pretty young. I think a lot of horror films just in general as a genre are made by young directors. And often like they're a student film or they're made by somebody in their 20s. Like we talked about Jaws. We talked about like Romero and like the, the Night of the Living Dead. We talked about oh. the Blair Witch Project. And it's because they tend to be cheap movies. But uh, the only ones I think to win awards oscars were the exorcist and silence of the lambs yes silence yeah. of the lambs also had yeah phenomenal acting too does that make sense by clarice and i think it's probably the genre that most is like critics don't appreciate it but the films are often like very successful and popular um and are there I, any like weird horror movies that you like that like no people wouldn't know like some like ones that there's some i mean there's a lot of like comedy horror movies i think uh that are like right so like Shaun of the dead is a fantastic right, yeah, 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 yeah. really funny movie that's just to take on like two i guess it's set in is it london i think it's london but uh yeah it's these two british guys who are just like idiots uh sean bean is one of them i forget the friend's name but uh yeah and they're but dealing with the zombie invasion. <laughs> Lawrence trying to, Chaney. Like, trying to get back his like his girlfriend who's like mad at him <laughs> for being yeah. a zombie. Um, yeah, how about you? So a director that we know who's oh, like our neighbor. We didn't talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show. That was 75. Oh, yeah. It's but, a great movie. But Go we, watch we it. We do love our horror musicals. The so Little Shop of Horrors in 1960 and Rocky Horror Picture Show in 75. And Phantom of the Paradise, I think, in 74. Yeah. All great, great horror mu musicals. Yeah. Great numbers. Uh, so a director that we are neighbors with and that we know, Frank Henenlotter, has a bunch of... If Barrett's still on, I bet he had the Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. Nice. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, so Frank Henenlotter has a lot of, like, C movie. Like, they're just, like, just so ridiculous they are like what the title is. Like he's got like basket case, which is like It's about a basket or it's about a man who's like you know the origin of that term. What? It's from somebody who became a paraplegic. Yep, that's that's what the movie's about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's what it's about. And then there's one called Bad Biology about a man who's has a killer penis <laughs> that commands him to kill but also have sex. So if you want some like super camp, super like D Z movie, Frank Henenlotter's your boy. Uh, one pretty funny parody. It's it's like semi parody, but it's like a a horror comedy film. is called Tucker and Dale vs Evil. Cute. And it like 
So it came out right that it came out in 2010. So like Cabin in the Woods and a bunch of like uh, hipsters go camping movies came out in the 2000s or whatever, and then they get a virus or zombies or something else. So Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is these two hillbillies go to their cabin and they're just hanging out. And through a series of very like slapstick comedic accidents, there there are these like like Williamsburg like hippies like camping nearby, and they all accidentally kill themselves like on Tucker and Dale's property. So like they're like they're like running a wood chipper to actually just like chipping wood or whatever to like make mulch for their garden or something. And of course, one of the hippies sees them and was like, oh, freaks out and then falls into the wood chipper. That's hilarious. But it's like. It's it's got clever writing. So you watch it and you're like, how's this next one gonna die? And then like some ridiculous thing happens. Um I love it. I love go. it. Let's go watch it. Yeah. Let's oh, leave it with that. Yeah. Uh well anything you want to say in the wrap up? I see dead people. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't talk about Shyamalan, <laughs> did did we? No, I worked for Shyamalan. He's great. He's a great director. You did not work on a horror film though. No. But yeah, he's great. Uh, he makes all the right choices. Okay. What What's your favorite? So we didn't. You didn't say what your favorite horror movie is. Um, is it Audition? Is it The Shining? Audition is up there. Ichi the Killer. Ichi the Killer is up there. I don't love The Shining, um, and probably Alien. Alien. I think is really. Great as a film, you know, because e. I think it's really great as a sci-fi film and also great as a horror film. You know, E.T. was supposed yeah. to be a horror film. No, yeah, <laughs> no, it wasn't. E.T. That's not true. Elliot. Yeah, it yes. was. I swear, e. you can e. look is it up. Haunting the family. No, it, it got cute though. Like they were like, "It's an alien. It's so scary." And then someone was like, "Dude." Once Reese's Pieces got involved, they were like, "We got to make this a family-friendly." Yeah. Film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any like what's like a quintessential New York horror horror. Rosemary's film. Baby. It would be yeah, I guess it'd be Rosemary's Baby or Cat People. Yes, Cat People. <laughs> Cat People. <laughs> that's I sorry, that's my favorite. The 1942 <laughs> classic. Um, Cat People. Set in the Central Park Zoo. Yeah. Horror, horror for the Panthers. Panthers out there. Well, if you've made it this far, that means that you really like us. So you should go give us a five-star review on Spotify or iTunes. Yeah, comment, and if it's good, we'll read it. Yeah, and if you're in the New York City or tri-state area, area, perhaps come check out our Halloween party in a week and a half. Or even if you're not, you can come to New York. You can fly here. And we'll welcome you with open arms. So yeah, check out secretloftnyc.com for tickets and information. Um, and maybe we'll see you here. We'll be playing clips of a lot of the movies we discussed this evening during the party. Yes. Also, next week we'll be talking about gothic horror. Yes. So good. Right. Oh, yeah. Some scary and uh, in true Glampyra fashion, I'm going to say... Have a have a good night and unpleasant dreams. <laughs>